Thanks for checking out the Relentless Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hello? Am I on? So Ruthie has a couple pictures. Can you pick me out of that picture, guys? Yes. <laughs> Look at my little self. I know, right? Doesn't my daughter look just like me? It's really scary. I was four in this picture, and Carrington is four, so if that would help you. Um, So today we're going to talk a little bit about this next series. It's called My Story, and (laughs) that is me, my two little cousins, and then my sister. Um, Yeah, aren't I cute? That was roughly like 1994, y'all, so most of y'all weren't born yet, so you got to give me a little leeway on the style because I didn't have a whole lot. Um, But Ruthie, I had her show you these pictures. You don't have to leave them up there. My embarrassment can end now. She doesn't have to leave them up there. They're just to give you an idea that my story started a long time ago, a long, long time ago. So tonight, we're going to talk about something that some of you are going to go, we're going to talk about books. I know, right? Okay. So take it. When I started thinking about my story, I couldn't help but think about books. Because y'all might not know this, or some of you might, but I am a huge, huge nerd. And I love books so much, y'all. Like, my mom and dad are moving, and they told me, Christy, you have to come get all your books. I have four boxes of books that are yours, and I already have a bookshelf at my house that's full of books. And my Kindle is almost maxed out of storage because it is full of books. I love books. So much so that that really cute picture of me in 1994 was taken in the fourth grade in the year that I set the Texas state record for AR reading points, and the principal gave me a trophy. Yeah, for reading. I was so cool, you guys. I love books. So I really don't care. I don't really like reading like the, this is terrible, the learning books, like, like, like the ones they make you read in school that are awful. Like the Grapes of Wrath might have been the most awful thing I ever read. But I like reading stuff that I like. Fiction. I like fantasy, sci-fi. All, I pretty much like any kind of book, okay? Now, Kellen will tease me because if I'm ever, like, super stressed out. Have you ever seen me super stressed out? If you have, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. But the super stressed out me will either go to the library or go to Target to look at books. And I pick, this is my rule, the first book I find with a beach on the cover because it's going to be relaxing. So when I'm stressed out, I want to read about someone's vacation and their adventure on vacation. So I go look for a book with a beach on the cover. So anytime I'm stressed out, every now and then my husband's so sweet, he'll come home and just drop a paperback on the table and it's got this nice, beautiful beach with a lawn chair. And I know maybe I need to take the hint. I'm a little, little, little tightly wound. But I love books. I probably even love them more than TV. I know. I'm that person. Yeah, Kellen will sit and watch Netflix and I'll sit next to him with a book because I like them that much. But I'm also really, really creative in some ways and I really want to write a book. 
I actually started a fiction fantasy series that will probably take me like 100 years to write, but Lord help me, one of these days it will get written. Because I really like books. Now, do you get that? Yeah, you get that I really like books. Thank you, Jasmine. You were listening. All right, okay. Now, stories intrigue me, and this whole series is about stories. But this particular series is more about your story. So if you were writing the story of your life, where would you find it in a bookstore? Where would you find it? Would it be in in fiction? <laughs> would it be in the horror section? Ew, I hope not. Would it be in the romance section? Is your life a life of romance? Um, where would your book be? <laughs> That's a good question, I know. Now, here is the real thought I want to leave you with tonight, because your life is a story. But here's the catch. Most of you think you're the author. But the truth is that God is the author of our lives. And I want to take you to a scripture in Hebrews that's going to help unpack that thought for you, okay? So if you have your Bible or you have a phone that you can turn on so that I can see it light up and it's not on Snapchat, it's actually on the Bible, you can open it to Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read it to you, all right? You ready for this? Okay, here we go. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run the race with perseverance, the race marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, see, God is the author of your story. Now, you may not realize this, but when someone writes a book, they have to start with a rough draft, okay? So an author would say, I want to write criminal fiction, for an example. I want the protagonist or the main character to be, what's a stupid name? Darlena Chicago, that's her name, and she's going to be the femme fatale and the actual person who takes this story home. She is going to kick butt, and she is going to fight crime, and she's going to be my hero. And then you have to have an ending. At the end, this crazy Darlena Chicago woman is going to save the day. The world will survive. The serial killer is caught. It's over. The end. So the author would start with these two start pieces of the story, and then the author would start to fill in the details. Well, what if in this chapter we tried this, or what if we did this here? And it's kind of open-ended, and that's how an author starts a book, which is very interesting that they start knowing the ending. But I think it's really cool because I feel like that with God writing our story, do you remember in elementary school those books where you got to choose the ending? You remember, like, if you want to go into the creepy castle, turn to page 56. Or if you want to go into the safe meadow, turn to page 35. Like, you got to choose. You remember those? Ah, she smiles. She remembers. Okay. So I think that with God writing our story, it's kind of like that. Because, see, God knows the beginning and God knows the end. But the amazing part is that God lets us make all the choices in between. And he's just right along with us writing our story. 
Now, this particular scripture in Hebrews 12, I want to unpack it for you a little bit tonight because it really spoke to me, y'all. And I've read this scripture for a long time, and it really, really meant something different to me tonight. So I'm going to break it down in four sections, okay? It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, if you want to have your story have a happy ending, which I do, I am all about the movies with beautiful happily ever afters. They're my favorite kind, books too. If you want to get there, then the scripture has to stick out to you because people are watching. You're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. What this is saying is that people are living witness to your life. Not only in the easy stuff, but in the difficult stuff. You know, it's crazy because if you were to watch a movie or read a book, the ending would not be amazing had you not watched the character walk through all the stuff it took to get there. And what's crazy is we seem to think that if life is hard, then we're not going to like the ending. And we forget that people are watching. Because some people's stories are watching ours so that they know what to do. People are looking to see how we handle things so that they know what to do. God uses us and our story as a witness to people. And you can't forget that people are watching. You just can't. You may not think you have an influence. Maybe you're a big sister, a little sister. Maybe you're just a kid in this room. How many of y'all know my crazy kids? Yeah, I bet you do. Lord Jesus, okay. Maybe you guys don't realize that they look up to y'all like you would not even know. Well, my daughter goes shopping and says, Mom, can you get me those shoes like Naya? Or, or, or you get Dash who says, Dad, could you get Josh to teach me drums? You may just think that you're in this room. You may just think you're playing basketball like Pedro. He was playing with Dash last week, and then Dash went to his field day and sunk five in a row, and his whole class cheered. I was so proud, like proud mom moment. And then he told me, he said, Pedro plays basketball with me. And I was like, oh. But y'all don't realize that people are a witness to your life and your peace, your kindness, your hopefulness, your endurance and hard stuff, your attitude speaks to people. It helps tell your story. The second part of this scripture that really sticks out to me, and I, this part gets me every time because sometimes we're so blind, you guys. But the second line here says to... Throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Now, y'all ever watch a scary movie? I hate scary movies, so I have not, but I'm familiar with this process. And the girl starts to head into the basement alone. And you're going, please stop. Are you that dumb? Do not go in the basement alone. That's so stupid. Or, or how about... <laughs> Or the romantic movie where they fall in love, but one of them doesn't tell the whole truth. And you're just waiting for the whole movie for the shoe to drop and them to find out the whole truth. Will they still love me? You know, like you're watching from the outside and you see how it's playing out. How about the movie where there's this rock star who rises to success and fame, but they can't stay off the... 
They can't stay off the drugs. And it takes them down. And you see it coming. You watch the movie and you're thinking the whole time, don't do that, that's dumb. But guys, take a step back. If your life is the book or your life is the movie, why are we so blind to the stuff that's sneaking in and tangling us up? It's derailing our story. It's delaying our joy. It's so obvious when you watch it happen to other people. But man, do we let it in completely blind. You know, I had someone in a message recently say something that kind of stuck with me. She she said that sin is one of those things. Sin is one of those things that you can tell yourself you can handle it when other people can't. You should know if you have that thought to check it just like that. Because there is nothing the enemy wants more than to end your story. The third part of this scripture that stuck out to me is to let us run the race with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Now, perseverance is a big word. I'll give you that. And if you know me at all, you know I don't run. I don't. Okay, now, like a year and a half ago, I was really, really trying to lose weight. And I really was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to run. Y'all, I can't run. So I tried, I got like the stupid looking shorts and the little armband for my iPod and the headphones and the waistband with the water bottle. Like I was rocking the mom look, y'all. I really was. And I thought, I am going to go running around my neighborhood because I need to run. So I went, I only made it five days. But the first couple of days I made it and I'm panting and I'm like, this is so bad. And my neighborhood was kind of ghetto and I was like, I hope I don't get mugged. I'm just going to run. I'm going to run really fast. (laughs) So I'm running. On day five, on day five, it is July, y'all. It is so hot. It is like a thousand degrees. Kellen's mowing the lawn. The kids are in the house. And I thought, I'm going to jog a little further. So I go around, and I get almost to the halfway point from my house. So I'm probably a mile and a half from my house. And I full-on faceplant ate it on the sidewalk. I trip. And this is my thought. I feel my phone sliding in the arm sweat that's like going on right here, which is super gross. But I thought, I don't want to lose my phone. So instead of catching my fall, I tried to catch my phone. And I scraped my face just like that on the concrete. I went full body plant. I don't know whose house I was in front of. I don't know how many people were in their driveways watching me, but I splat. Okay. I actually laid there for a second because I was so shocked and I'm laying there for a second. I thought, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm bleeding, but I'm going to get up. I had blood all up the side of my face, both my knees, one elbow. And I stood up and I kind of looked at myself and I was like, what just happened? But then I'm a mile and a half from my house. So I walk back home like this. And my husband sees me coming and he's like, what in the world happened to you? (laughs) 
and I wanted to say I got attacked by like a pack of rabid dogs, <laughs> anything but the fact that I tripped and ate my garbage on the sidewalk in front of God and everybody. But I don't run. Since then, I have not touched running shoes. It's not going to happen. Like, I, got, I got my tennis shoes out for lift, and I was like, let's dust these off because I haven't worn them in like a year and a half. But I don't like to run. So this whole picture of a race is really intimidating to me. I'm like, Lord, help me. I cannot run a race. But the whole thought of this is that you can't give up. Okay, now that's a simple thought. If you've ever watched a cheesy sports movie, it's like, you can't give up. And it's kind of silly, right? But I want you to think for a second about a couple of movies that just came out. Within the last year, these, these are three big movies. What would have happened if in The Greatest Showman, the guy would have given up? His name was P.T. Barnum. What if he'd have given up? We would not have the circus. The circus is so cool. I know that's kind of a me reference because I love the movie. But what about in Black Panther? What if when he had died, spoiler alert, sorry. Shh. What if when he died, he gave up and let the other guy be king? You can have it. I'm going to go be an accountant somewhere. I don't know. Would that have been a movie? A bad one, that's for sure. What if in Moana? What if Moana had stayed on the island and she never took back the heart of Tefiti? <laughs> Come on, y'all. If you give up, it's not a story at all. And there's going to be stuff that happens. There's going to be things that come up that push you to the point where you want to give up. How many of y'all have had one of those moments? Come on, for a second, real. How many of you had a moment where you're like, this is too hard? You have to be willing to see that, obviously, running the race, when someone runs a marathon, like, dear Lord Jesus, that has to be a gift from God to be able to do that, because... But they have to get to the point where they don't give up. They say you have to physically push your body past what they call its breaking point. Past where your body is actually doing the work, and now your brain's doing the work. Your muscles are no longer doing it. Your brain is willing your muscles to keep going. So you guys have to get to a place in your walk with God when things get hard and things get heavy, that you are able to will your body and your mind to keep going. To not give up. And the last part here, y'all, that I think is the single most important part of this scripture. It says to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. I know that seems simple. But when I look at the word perfecter, I immediately get kind of insecure. Perfection is not something that I think any of us are even comfortable with the idea of because we're never going to attain it. And we feel like we always have to try to measure against it. But I love the fact that it doesn't say that he has perfected our faith. It says that he is the perfecter of our faith. To show you that when you focus on God, and you fix your eyes on him, and you follow him, and you trust him, that he continually perfects your faith. 
He doesn't stop. He doesn't give up. It's this process. Every step is another section of God perfecting your faith. One piece of your life, man, this piece is really rough, God. I'm struggling. For an example, God, I'm struggling with my language. Everyone around me says stuff I know they shouldn't. I say it. I'm struggling. I don't want to say it. What do you do? You have to ask God in and ask him, God, help me. Help me perfect this area of my life. Maybe I have the worst attitude in the entire world, and when it comes to dealing with my moms, I can't handle it then you have to ask God in and say, God, in this area of my life, I need you to be the perfecter. I can't just stay where I'm at, God. You have to keep moving me in the direction of a perfected faith. It's not going to be there. It's not instantaneous. I love the fact that it shows you that it's a process. And what's funny is he's perfecting our faith every day. We're not there yet, and we won't be there until the last chapter of our story is written. But if you keep your eyes on him, then you'll get to that place where you feel and you know that he's the author of your story. So in trying to wrap this up tonight, I I had a book and asked PK to find me one in particular um, that I could use. Because I think when y'all think about your life, Right now, every one of you would stop and you would be like, man, this chapter right here, wish I could rip it out. Think about it. Come on. Do you got some chapters you'd rip out? I have a whole section I'd rip out. I would take this year, I'd rip that year out. I would take this year, come on. How many of y'all got a relationship you wish you could rip out and forget ever happened? Thank you. Come on. Y'all are so sweet. So, I want you to take just a minute, just a minute, and real serious for a sec. Because I'm wrapping up. Trace, if you want to go ahead and come up here, you can. This, set, this whole series is about your story. Now, y'all know most, most of y'all know my story because I've told it before. But my story wasn't an easy one. And man, are there pieces I wish I could tear out. But what I've found is instead of wanting to tear them all out, what if we think about the people in our lives who are witness to them? People who saw what we walked through, who understand where we've been, and we take our life now and where we're at now, and we use it as a chance to show them that we're still running the race, that we're not going to give up, that we're going to continue to allow God to perfect our faith. Because if you just tear pages out and you skip from the beginning to an end of the book, you've missed the whole story. Your life just isn't about the happy ending. It's not about the happily ever after. Your book is about the people and the things in your life that make you who you are 
The things that you go through, things that you grow through, the things that hurt, the things that are amazing that you never want to forget. Every bit of your story is written on your heart. It's all there. And what I think maybe you need is for you to get to the point where you let God pick up the writing. You are not the author of your own story. But if you do all the talking and all the choosing and all the thinking and all the, and you never let God start leading you, then you are missing the point. God really has so much for us, guys. I think we see ourselves very small in this world, in God's eyes. But I don't think God does. I think when it comes to you, God sees so much more in you than you'll ever be able to see in yourself. But as you continue to give pieces of your life over to him and you continue to allow him to perfect that faith, one step at a time, one piece at a time, that you'll begin to realize that life's a lot better when you let him carry the weight. So if you would stand with me. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. quick, I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to pray. I know I'd see three quarters of this room at least is going to lift this weekend, so I know that your brain is probably getting ready for whatever's to come, but, but right now, man, what can God start right now? There are a couple questions I think we can look at tonight, so with your eyes closed, I want you to just start to think, God, where am I? in this process, who is writing your story? See, God started it, but at some point you took the pen from his hand and have been writing it yourself. So God, tonight I ask that you would help us to take a second and to invite you in, God, to to give control over to you. God, help us make decisions. Help us make the right steps. Help us to see the things coming into our life that are going to derail us, God. Help us to see them so clearly that we don't fall into them again. And God, give us the freedom to get out, to not give up to every day have you help us in a new way, God, that our faith would continue to be perfected. God, when we're beaten down by all the hard stuff that can sometimes be in the middle of our story, God, don't let us give up. God, that we wouldn't let bad choices or bad circumstances keep us down, but God, they wouldn't keep us stuck. the next chapter of our lives I know you want to write so right now I ask that you 
would help us to see how much you love us, how real you are, God, how strong you are to come in and handle the stuff that we think we can handle on our own when we can't. And how much you're willing to carry, God, when we put too much on our own shoulders. I ask tonight, God, that you would get us ready for whatever the next chapter is, God, if it's beautiful, if it's hard, whatever it is, that we would embrace you in the knowledge that you're leading us, that you're directing us, God, that you're holding us in your hands, and that our story, the ending, God, is already written. God, I thank you that you've given us this family here, God, to walk through life with. Help us, God, to continue to build relationships so that when we need help running this race, God, that we have it. Lord, I thank you for a sacrifice made for us when we didn't deserve it. And for a love that will find us even though we can't earn it, God. God, I thank you so much for giving us a story. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more from Relentless, hit subscribe or check us out on Instagram or Facebook.